Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, welcome to the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. So today I am in conversation with the gorgeous Sarah Meyer Webb. And Sarah has the most beautiful energy. She is a speaker. Um, she's a, a spiritual activist, I suppose a coach by any, any other name. She's also written a book called Look Lush, so we can look out for that as well. And I wanted to talk to her because we fe- I felt like we had so much in common, and we really did. This conversation kind of veered off into all sorts of different avenues. And when I came to edit it, I was thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to edit so much of this out. But then listening back... It was just a flow of conversation between two people with, you know, very similar passions. And we just really enjoyed, well, I speak personally, I really enjoyed my time speaking with Sarah. I thought she was gorgeous. That gorgeous goddess energy that some people have, she really embodied that. So, yeah, forgive the kind of, we take a kind of running start. I don't do any formal introduction. I just started recording and we just started talking. So... I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And of course, I will put um, links in the show notes to Sarah's website and of course to mine so you can find out what we both get up to when we're not just chatting to kindred spirits on the internet. (laughs) So enjoy. Here we go. So do you have like um, a title that you like to be kind of known as? Because I've got in my notes that I've written just like literally just got scribbled a few notes down of things, directions. I've written author, speaker, yoga teacher, spiritual activist. (laughs) Which of those were you today? (laughs) I was thinking about that 
in bed the other day, I said, somebody's got to, because I think it's really common for somebody to be an author, a speaker, and a coach. It's like a super communicator. I was wanting to coin my own term for this person who's just a, a communicator on many different levels, right? We, we communicate out to the audiences and, and the yoga teacher is really just a, a check the box thing. I had been practicing for so long and I had always kind of wanted to be a yoga teacher, but then I found out how little money they make back, back years and years ago. Mm. And so I really got that certification because I was already teaching breath work and I really wanted to just have the clout behind my knowledge mm. and eventually I'll get my Kundalini. I've, I've been really diving deep into Kundalini personally for my personal practice. So yes, author, inspirational speaker and coach. I like spiritual activists better than coach just because of the imagery. I was never in sports and I, I ran cross country. That's it. But like, I just see a coach as somebody who's kind of hard on you and, and, yeah. and I said, so it's a very generic term. There are a lot of coaches out there and you could be any coaches. kind of coach, but you're, yeah, I think that it, the spiritual activist is a nice way of looking at it. It's a nice place to start from because you know that you're going to come at it from that angle you're not just right. going to you know give them I don't know whatever other tips that a, you know, a generic coach might give so yeah I think that's I think that's a really beautiful title spiritual activist so we'll go with that welcome Sarah Webb <laughs> thank you so much thank you for having me spiritual activist. and whereabouts are you based where are you in I'm in Florida St. Petersburg Florida Oh, beautiful. I love it here. The sun is always shining. Well, not today. <laughs> but yeah, it pretty much rains every day during the summer. But my goodness, from October till March, it's gorgeous. While the rest of the country is freezing, it is so beautiful here. And it's it's worth the heat and the rain, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I bet. I love it. Sounds gorgeous. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today um, for the Chat Away Meditation podcast. And we um, are chatting today because, I don't know, we, we've met online and there seemed to be a synergy between us, a kind of alignment in the work that we do. But you are mainly a speaker. You're also an author. and But you're a spiritual activist. And so... I want to talk to how you approach that um, spiritual activism with your clients or with people in your talking, because looking at all, you know, from everything that I've seen of yours, you're all about accessing the power within. And this is something I want to really deep dive into, because we all know we have that inside us, that that nub of us, which is absolutely powerful. Um, but how do how do you get to that? What's your what's your take on where our power lies and and how to access it? Sorry, that's a massive question. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a multifaceted question and it has a multifaceted answer because with my speaking services as well as my coaching services, it's a really bespoke experience. I work directly with business owners and I mean, sometimes I'll do in-office staff training just for stress management for medical companies who have really high paced environments. And I've spoken at a sweet 16, 
you know, I've, yeah. I've spoken at a addiction recovery retreat, you know, you name it, I've done it. I've spoken at conferences, obviously just the mundane things, mm. but I love the flexibility because I mean, everybody deals with stress and stress is very powerful. Mm. It physiologically can overtake our brains and our bodies. And, and the whole like definition of stress is feeling like we don't have the resources to handle what's being thrown at us. That's my own take on the dictionary version. I mean, it really, it has to do with us, us just not feeling capable. And we all have resources. I call them power tools inside mm-hmm. of ourselves, sometimes we need somebody to show us with a manual or some sort of a, an instructional video on to how to access that power that we have. Mm-hmm. But we're all born with the ability to go inside. And I access my own power just by going within. I, I'm a big questioner. So I was pretty skeptical about meditation when I first started practicing yoga a couple decades ago. Of course, we would do a little meditation at the end. And I remember that first time that I saw what the yoga teacher was talking about. She said, you might see a little purple in your third eye. And I went up to her afterwards and I'm like, oh my gosh, I I saw what you're talking about. And that started my quest to find a meditation practice. And it took me over a decade before I found something that I really wanted to do because I would, you know, go do online things. Whenever that came about, I would go to yoga studios and I went to Buddhist temples. I mean, you name it, I tried it and I would come home with some sort of directive on what to do to meditate. And every time I'll be like, ah, I'll do it later. I don't feel like doing it. I just made these excuses. But once I found the right power tool, and had an instructor who told me how to do it, I felt confident and I have never stopped meditating 20 minutes, twice a day without fail. I mean, I might, when I first gave birth, I probably missed the second one, but for, you know, for that six weeks or so, but it's been like magic in my life. And so I approach my speaking from a yogic perspective because meditation can be as simple as breath work. Yeah. And we know that our prana is our life force. It's the first thing that comes to us in our human bodies when we're born. And if we don't have it, we are no longer, right? We can survive for weeks without food, mm. a few days without water, but only minutes without our breath. Mm. So if we can learn how to belly breathe, which is not what happens physiologically whenever we're under stress, yeah. right? Oh, we okay. start to chest breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know all about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and think that's, is- that's such a beautiful, um, it's such a really clear way of, of understanding stress that I love for just going back to what you said about not being, a, not feeling able to cope. And I think that that is something that on a low level, we all have at some, you know, and it's varies, you know, we peaks and troughs, but that other point you make about when you find the solution and and so many people will say 
because it is just the truth, whether you like it or not, that meditation is the answer. But finding the right meditation for you, and that's the whole reason why I do these chats, because it's not a one size fits all. You know, some people like to do it one way and other people it doesn't ring their bells. They need to find another way. So that's why I like to talk to as many people as possible to find out what all these things are because suddenly someone's going to be listening to this and they'll, they'll listen to one and they'll get out oh, it's quite interesting but one time somebody will say something and it will spark it will be that spark that will set them off into wanting to meditate like wanting to set the alarm 20 minutes early in the morning mm-hmm. so that they can do it because they feel the benefit of it and that's that's my goal with this podcast is to give everybody as many tools as possible because for me, chakra work gives me all the tools that I need. You know, whenever I'm meditating, I'm always meditating in the chakras. I'm always just there, the colors or the stones or whatever, but it's always that's sort of my, that's my basis of where I start my meditation. Um, you know, it's, it's on a daily, you know, it changes on a daily basis, but um, finding a technique that works for you is really important. And I know that you say you have some little pocket-sized techniques that I would love for you to share a couple with us. What, what kind of a advice and techniques do you use or would advise? Well, the first pocket would be the front pocket and you can take out your spectacles. So that's a, a really beautiful and powerful visualization meditation. We have, I've been doing some work on NLP and, you know, we have within us the ability to see things, hear things, taste things, touch things by going inside of our minds. So the visualization is a really, really powerful if you're more of a visual person. If you're more of a kinesthetic person, you can imagine the clothing that you're wearing to be like the pocket that you're in. And we can use body awareness techniques. And then interestingly, that other sense that we have inside that you wouldn't really think of is our ability to talk to ourselves. Of course, we have the ability to think, but we have the ability to meta think, to think about our thinking to talk to ourselves about our inner experience. And for me, that's where mantra comes in. I am such a language, I'm a wordy, I'm a language buff. I just, I'm constantly listening. I'm visual too. And I love to get into the body based off the yoga. But for me, mantra is what spoke to me. And what's so yummy about the kind of meditation that I am blessed to have found in this lifetime is that this mantra is a a thought word sound. It doesn't mean anything in any language. I've practiced TM or transcendental meditation, which is international. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi popularized it back in the seventies. And I just, I'm too analytical to use the visualization. Like imagine you're your thoughts are floating by on a river or in the clouds. I'm I'm asking myself so many questions about what kind of river it is and where the clouds are and what kind of day it is outside. It's it's too much for me. And then with the kinesthetic, I, 
I, that sometimes works for me, but again, I start to analyze and I get off in the story. Whereas with the mantra, I don't know if you can remember a time when you had a song stuck in your head. Oh yeah. You're still able to think you've got this song kind of playing on a track and you're still able to think and do normal things. That's kind of where the mantra lives for me. It goes to this place and I'm able, that's what I love about TM is you're able to think there's no restriction on trying to push the thoughts away, which from what we know about brainwaves is keeping us in beta and not allowing us to slip into alpha. If we're actively trying to do something, if we're trying to focus. Yes. So um, that's the, the few pockets analogies. That's a, that's a 20 minute talk in yeah, a couple, yeah, yeah, <laughs> couple yeah, of minutes, it. you know? I, I usually have some stories. No, but it's really interesting, isn't it? Because the brain, the, like understanding, understanding energy, oh, it just, it makes me, it makes my head spin with kind of <laughs> joy and awe as well as brain ache when I think, mm. you know, because I'm really recently getting into the, the quantum physics side of yoga and energy and breath and cellular, you know, like bringing everything down, vibration, all of that kind of stuff. So having that understanding of the way your brain works, the, the actual kind of wiring, if you like, of your brain um, is so important. And I think a lot of people are put off meditation where they think there's no way I can sit there thinking of nothing and empty my mind. You know, that only happens when I'm asleep. And that, fair enough, you know, that is, I reckon that's impossible for the majority of people, unless you're sitting on a mountain in Tibet somewhere and have been for a decade, <laughs> it's probably not available to you. So I love the fact that you're, so you've got this mantra going, but your thoughts are just floating and you're not allowing, you're not, you're not um, resisting, you're just allowing the the thoughts and things to pass by. And do you find that, is, is, that, is that an accurate description? Yeah, I, I mean, it's different every time, but especially when I first started meditating, I found that the thoughts would kind of swirl in this like primordial soup and initially when I first started practicing TM, I had some really beautiful and profound experiences where, and it happens sometimes still too, where I just felt like I was almost like held, suspended, weightless. I had another experience where, and it's never happened again, where like I, I felt like my body, I had to look down because I felt like my body was like as big as the room. I, I was, and, and I reasoned afterwards that it was like I was feeling my aura I was feeling the expansiveness that I am and you know it's hard to not chase those kinds of experiences but that's the beauty of TM is you just allow it you just let it come and you don't analyze it you know and then you just do it for 20 minutes twice a day and you just do it consistently and the witnessing which I'm sure you've heard about you know in yoga and meditation just continues to amp up every time this ability to not be in the movie but to be watching the movie and to see huh I see that emotion coming up for me I noticed this old familiar feeling isn't that interesting mm -hmm. instead of being entangled in it and embodying it we have the choice it's like that famous quote who I can't remember who said it you know it's that moment that you have between stimulus and response 
it gets lengthened. The more time we open up space for meditation, the more time we actually have between that stimulus and response. So I'm just feeling into that space because that is such a precious, mm. if, we, if you can witness, yes, that. And I'm, I always um, go back to, and I think this is a really good analogy that I use quite frequently. And it's um, from um, Mickey Singer, you know, Michael Singer. Yes. Oh, who I love him. And um, in one of his books, he's describing like that very beginning of his spiritual journey where he's just sitting on the sofa with a mate and he suddenly occurs to him that he's got thoughts and then there's mm. somebody inside listening to his thoughts and he's like if I'm not my thoughts and I'm I'm that person that's witnessing that those thoughts who is that inner me and that was what started him off on his meditation journey and his spiritual journey and I just think that it's so important to understand that there is this part of you that can witness everything that creates the space that allows allows that reflection allows you as you exactly as you say not to become entangled because oh my god how easy is it to become just all up here you know it's just a horrible mess of thought and worry and stress and firing stress you know and that's when stress comes because you're not you know as you said you don't feel capable of of coping with what's in front of you but given that space there's just a, a breath of space and that's literally what it is it's just a breath of space that allows your whole physiology and your mental activity to just become a little bit calmer so that you can see that actually either it doesn't matter which is always the best one <laughs> or you know there is a solution or you just need more time or you just need a bit of help or whatever it is that you need and I think yeah that's such um a beautiful way of working so and I think it's so important to embody I think that if we feel like and this is what I work with my private clients on because I am a certified coach energetic coach so when we feel like we're in our head and we're being so cerebral and trying to analyze something or trying to figure out why a person is acting you know why is someone doing this to me that victim mentality if we just sit down and i can go into the physiology of why meditation works but if we just and so when when somebody's really getting into the story and talking about their mother-in-law or whatever it is I invite them to hold right there, close their eyes, and just where is this located in my body? Because that's the chakra. And it may be a couple of chakras that are being affected. And it might be down in their leg, which of course is root, right? It might be inside of their bones, which we know that's always the, the I've read some books and it's either root or sacral some people go back and forth on what yeah. the bones are actually connected to but if we can get out of the story and into the body get out of the head and into the body and just breathe into that area and allow it and invite it a lot of times it will untangle itself on its own without us having to really figure it out 
But instead, and, and what I work with specifically, I'm trained with Dr. Sue Mortar, who wrote the energy codes. You would love it if you yes. aren't, you know her. Okay. So that's the program that I've trained in. And it's a chakra breath work, you know, engaging Mula Bandha and inhaling from below our feet up through the chakras. And then the heart is the fulcrum, exhaling out the top of the head through the chakras, inhaling from above the head into our heart, and then exhaling through the chakras out the bottom of the feet into the ground. That's one cycle. Yeah, beautiful. And so if we can do that, she calls it central channel breathing around an issue that we're having, it can just, it unknots itself. It's amazing. I use central channel. I was at dinner with my wife and some people, some business people, and, and she could tell I was doing something because the conversation was just making me uncomfortable in some way. And she said, what were you doing? I was like, I was central channel breathing because I really wanted to jump out of my body at that time. So instead I embodied. And she's like, I could tell you were doing something and it worked like, it, cause I was able to not run away <laughs> and just be with it and, and be in my body and recognize, okay, this is activating my heart chakra. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow it. I'm gonna breathe into that space. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, as a side note, I just want to ask you, and this is just kind of personal, I want to ask you if you've heard of a technique called non-personal awareness. No. Okay. I want you to look into non-personal awareness. Because this is a, I interviewed, if you go back on my chakra chats, I interviewed uh -huh. um, a friend of mine called Claire Jackson, and she talks all about it. So that's a I'll shortcut. But it okay, is, it is a beautiful way of doing that shortcut that, anybody can do because it's literally six lines that you um so say you're feeling like in that dinner you were feeling like uncomfortable whatever mm -hmm. let's say that was the word that comes to you if someone said how are you feeling Sarah you'd go uncomfortable you'd say this uncomfortable this energy of uncomfortable this pure energy of uncomfortable is not personal this pure mm. energy of uncomfortable is not personal. This pure energy of uncomfortable is not personal. And I am willing to experience it. That is it. And if you do this, you know, in a, in, you do it, you know, obviously different, better, slower, more mindfully with breath, whatever. But that just, I want you to just try it, go and have a look at it and try it out because this is a technique that's come out of the UK and it's fairly recent and it's fairly small, but personally, I think it's so, so powerful. I mean, really, really powerful. And it's kind of like a magic spell. It's kind of beautiful. Mm. So I wanted to share that with you and then that's we'll get beautiful. back to having that. It's a shortcut around, uh, I'm reading a book. Yeah. His name, I think it might be Michael Brown, but it's called The Presence Process. And it's about yeah, just being with it, sitting with it a lot and not trying to overanalyze it. But that sounds like a really great it's choice. Just, I'm definitely going to check that it's out. It's that whole thing you. of, you know, I'm willing to experience it. It's not personal. Yeah, exactly. I'm willing to experience it. And then through, through you, it passes. It's like what um, Michael singer talks about like allowing the samskara to just be what it, it's like a how-to mm -hmm. on allowing this to pass through us like mm -hmm. I love all his analogies in that book I read it twice but yes, it was 
just speaking to me, like all the things that I was like, yeah, this is such a palatable way. I bought six of them. Whenever I love a book, I buy six of them just to give out to people who I think might need if they ever come over or if it's a client or something like that. Exactly. So listen, let's get back to um to what that to our proper conversation and uh we'll because what I want to talk to you about now is finding your inner power. So I want to ask you later on a little bit about your story and how you can't come to, because that's always interesting. But, um, and if it's relevant, bring it in now. But I want to understand, because we all have strength inside us. We know, kind of little at the back of our mind, in, the, in our hearts, in our, in our solar plexus, we know that we have, a power but sometimes we don't we can't find it we can't find that strength that strength to leave or to change or to challenge or to stand up for ourselves so finding that power has what you I see a smile on your face this is good you, she's got a good answer everybody here we go <laughs> <laughs> well I'll Bring it back to the science first, and then yes, I'll delve into my personal story with finding my own power. The reason why meditation works, I'll hit you with a little palatable neuroscience and biology. I love this. All around us at every single moment, no matter if you're in a busy city or on a mountaintop or even in your home, all around us, there are always billions of bits of data, billions with a B. The human brain is a supercomputer and it processes out of those billions of bits around 11 million bits per second. But we are only conscious of between 40 and 50, not 40 or 50,000. On average, around 45 of those 11 million bits are coming into our consciousness. Wow. I did the math. That means that we're conscious of 0.04% of everything that's coming into our brains and our bodies. 99.96% of everything that's available to us is coming into our subconscious. To hold on to that, one more bit of data. Our bodies have 11 million sensory receptors. We have five senses, however, 10 million out of the 11 million sensory receptors are dedicated to our sight. So how do you access the 99.96% of information that's already inside of you, that power? You shut off 10 million of your 11 million sensory receptors and you go inside. That's where the power is literally. This, you don't have to believe in a higher power or a God with a capital G or a Holy Spirit or a God with a lowercase g or the angel. You don't have to believe in anything. That's the data that we all have available to us. But we are so busy with distraction and dissociation and screens and people and I gotta exercise and blah, blah, blah. We all have it inside but we've got to slow our brain waves down to that subconscious level. And I can go into the science of that very quickly. We operate in beta most of the time. High beta is stress. Gamma is above beta and that's problem solving. You can't be in gamma. That's when your brain really kind of hurts. And high beta is a lot of stress. Right underneath beta is alpha. 
That's the first stage of sleep and it's most meditation. Alpha is like when you can really easily be roused. Then below alpha is theta. Theta is deep meditation. And below that is delta. When we go through the stages of sleep, we go into those unconscious areas, but of course we're not conscious of it. And so meditation works because it brings us to these unconscious levels while we're actually awake. So <laughs> I started meditating just because I was stressed and I didn't know what to do about it. And I, I had been seeking, like I said in the beginning, something regular. And I found my, my formula when I was five months pregnant, mm -hmm. entering my third trimester of pregnancy. And my now ex-husband was astounded because my hormone levels seemed a lot more balanced because I was a basket case <laughs> as a pregnant person. I'm not a happy pregnant person. My sister's a birther, not me, but I just, it was like magic. And he learned to meditate because he saw such a big change in me relatively quickly. Amazing. It was the meditation that started me on this inward journey of being able to observe my habits, observe my thoughts. And what I noticed is that after I gave birth and had some postpartum depression, I was drinking more. I was unhappy in my marriage and was suppressing the fact that I'm gay. <laughs> and I just started to realize that, hey, you know, I, I, am, I have a, an issue with drinking. I'm drinking too much. And I need to see if I can change my relationship with alcohol. It took me about a year and a half to completely eliminate alcohol from my desires. And I really started blossoming at that point. I realized that I was using alcohol in order to be able to be intimate with men because I was raped 14 years ago, pretty brutally by eight men. They beat me up. They left me outside. And I am so glad that that trauma occurred because through the power of meditation, self-hypnosis, working with a transpersonal hypnotherapist, I have forgiven every single one of them and healed completely from that trauma. And it does not rule me anymore. I am free. I can be who I am. I can be authentic. It's taken me four decades to come out of the closet and to get honest about the trauma with a big T that I've experienced. And you don't have to have experienced trauma with a big T. We have little traumas all the time, especially between the ages of five and 10 mm -hmm. or, or even zero and 10 before the development of our prefrontal cortex. Because our prefrontal cortex is our brain's CEO, our ability to reason, anything we take in under the age of like between eight and 10, we take in as fact, mm -hmm. as core beliefs. Yeah. So any of those traumas, like, like mom doesn't want to play with me because she's busy and stressed about something, like that can be a trauma with a little t that really feels real in our own bodies and can continue to perpetuate itself in our adult lives because energetically we're attracting it to us because our subconscious brains have done a beautiful job of repressing it until a time when we think that we are able to handle it and actually deal with it. 
So that's my story and how meditation saved my life. I am a better mom because I am free from trauma. I am free from substance and the experiences that I've had in deep meditation are so much better than any substance I've ever taken. I bet. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh my God. But healing that level of trauma is, is really like a massive deal, you know, and, and you put that down to your meditative practices and to oh, absolutely. spiritual practices. Absolutely. That is a really encouraging thing to know that it, because some people would say that you'll never recover from that or, you know, years and years and years of therapy and, and still not really dealing with it. But on an energetic level, you let it go and you opened up your, I mean, I'm just looking at you on the, and I'm, well, if you're watching on the, you know, uh, video, you'd be able to see, but, but Sarah is so beautiful and, and you obviously you speak so um, eloquently and you're wearing this beautiful top with blue around and your throat chakra is obviously just like, just this, this beautiful shining thing, but to find the forgiveness in your heart chakra for those men who did that to you and to be able to move on is quite um and it's you know it's, it's a really exceptional well no maybe I shouldn't say exceptional because it is available to everybody it's mm. just whether you go there and look for it and finding your authenticity this is something that keeps coming up as a theme for me you know it has sometimes you know little things kind of just keep popping up in you know in your in your life like and for me at the moment the word is authenticity like being mm. authentic and it's something that I'm questioning within myself at the moment is like how authentic I am being in a there's a specific aspect of my life that I shan't go into <laughs> but you know how authentic am I being and I need to and I'm really working on being authentic and I'm finding it in this particular aspect quite challenging you know when I'm talking to you or like you know I'm I'm feeling like utterly myself but then when I get into that aspect of my life it's like oh my god who are you what are you doing what are you saying so I'm you know this is a personal question really like finding your authenticity you have done this big style because you have done a full 180 degrees you've you know you've suppressed your true authentic authentic self for an, you know, a long time, I'm talking about your sexuality, obviously, but I want to understand how you access your authentic self. In regards to my sexuality specifically? Well, not specifically, because I want this to be a guide for everybody, but for you, it was your sexuality. So, well, one of the talks that I give is about the closets that we all have to come out of. And it doesn't matter if it's your sexuality or your gender or something as simple as, you know, you refer to this, this throat chakra, speaking your truth and standing in your authenticity, but also activating the heart chakra and making sure that the heart is bubbling up because we can speak our truth harshly. We can speak our truth and really, you know, at every moment we're sending out ripples, waves, <laughs> talk about quantum physics mm. outside of, of our sphere. And we have a choice as to how 
that resonates and and whether or not we are actually rooted in our authenticity, which everyone's true authenticity is love. Love is the most powerful. I mean, literally God is love and we are little drops of God. We can tap into love because the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. And I wasn't loving myself being authentic to myself because I was afraid Mm -hmm. of not being accepted by the people who gave me life, who still believe that I can pray the gay away, who still believe that I am making the wrong choices in my lifestyle. (laughs) And if we just return to love, which is compassion, forgiveness, understanding, that's who we are. Then, I mean, there's real, real magic there. And I, and I am not saying that it's easy. It's simple and simple is usually hard. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that that finding you know the having the authenticity to speak your truth but to feel it inside you as well is the really important thing and I feel like I know I do chakra readings with people and um and sometimes there's there's this kind of I feel like I was doing one the other day and I felt like there was this kind of layer of of stuff around the true authentic you know her was like a all I could think of was a mango you know mm-hmm. and there's all this stuff that's been you know it's juicy but it's not it's not the real and it's like get rid of that find that inside that beautiful stone inside that's the jewel inside you that is there and I think everybody knows that they've got that. Everyone can feel that they that that truth of themselves, that power, because it is such a strong power. And especially for women, I feel like we have this. I, I'm really big into the goddess power because the power of the feminine, oh, is just um, the strongest. I I don't know. I feel like it's the most powerful power <laughs> that there is is that feminine goddess power and to to feel that within you and then to try and express it to let it just radiate out into your into your vibration you know that comes back to that the quantum physics part of it is like and um you know one of the lovely guys that i interviewed um neo who his mantra is thoughts become things you know who's mm-hmm. very much into manifestation and it was very yes beautiful simple really digestible kind of way of looking at it but when you start to believe in that nub of you that's in the middle that mango stone that pip in the middle that is the gem of you just the idea of that can vibrate out into the surrounding energy that is the rest of your life and I feel that is something that we can all really and and I've 
noted down from your on your Instagram, which is very beautiful. You put a Deepak Chopra quote, which really I'm going to use this because I think it's brilliant. And I'm, I'm sad that I've never seen it before, but I'm happy because I found it now. And as every cell is eavesdropping on your internal dialogue. It's true. When they first started looking into neuroscience, they thought that it was all about the brain, but every cell of our bodies has neurotransmitters. And we believe what we say. Thoughts are things. I absolutely agree. I'm a big Louise Hay believer. Oh, I love. Do you know what? Louise Hay was my very first book in terms of like her book. And I, spirituality. God, 30 years ago. I don't know when it was published, but it was way before. Yeah, it was early 20s. And I you can that. heal your life. Yeah. That's like the one. Yeah. Just loved love it. it. Honestly, that was my, yeah, that was my, that was my, my first step onto the spiritual um, ladder that I'm still only a few rungs up, but still climbing, you know, just the, because the more rungs you go, the more you realize it's like climbing a mountain, you get to that peak. Oh no, there's another peak. And that's exactly. another peak. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful that it never ends? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. It, it yes. is exhausting sometimes, but you know, cause it's like, I, I feel like it's unpeeling an onion that is getting bigger, you know, and it's going to make you cry and it stinks just like peeling an onion and cutting it up. But every layer you're like, Oh, okay. I got this. And, and life is like, oh, really? You think you got this? Let me test you a little bit. <laughs> Let me show you. Oh, yeah. Let me show you how much more work you have to do. There's always, there's always that. There's always so much more. And do you, do you use, um, because obviously the chakras is my big thing. And do you use chakras in your, um, when you're speaking and in your coaching? Is that a big thing? Or is it just something that you, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? Once you know your chakras, you can't escape them. They're everywhere in your yeah, life. Yeah, I, I, I don't use it. it. It depends on the audience with the speaking, but every chakra has a gland associated with the endocrine system. So again, I'm kind of about secularizing spirituality and Mm. relating it back to our physiology because the ancients were onto something. And I mean, they came up with these a long, long time ago and, you know, you could relate to the meridians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the whole, um, the the endocrine system, the fact that there are the, you know, the actual nerve plexuses coming out of the mm-hmm. spine, the fact that, you know, uh, I love the fact that um, the hips, you know, where you hold your emotions, we hold a lot mm-hmm. of emotions in our jaw and obviously in our hips, that's their main seat. And when I'm teaching yoga, and I'm sure you've experienced this, is that you know, you do something like reclining pigeon, for example, you do mm-hmm. a, a hip stretch, which is a big old stretch. And what's the first thing that people do? Chin goes right up. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. When people are straining to work their hips, their jaws just get, they clench their jaws or they like do. And um, and I looked into this and I found out that when you are a, a mere embryo, the cells that's the there is this cell that splits that becomes some of it becomes hips and some of it becomes your jaw 
<laughs> Isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. So, you know, the, our bodies are just are such an extraordinary. I feel like I feel like 2000 years ago, they understood more about our body uh-huh. than we do now. We've been through such a period of sort of, I mean, yeah, medical intervention is wonderful. And, you know, I wouldn't have it, not have it, of course. Um, but I feel like we're coming round to an era where, the the benefits of that medical you know mind separate from body kind of life that we've been in probably for the last I don't know hundred years or whatever um, is now coming to an end where we're we're now joining that ancient wisdom and actually understanding the science of it because God damn it why are we so annoying why do we need to have proof of everything why do we need the scientists <laughs> at NASA to say it before we believe it I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but now that sort of science of spirituality and that vibration, that quantum physics side of healing and meditation. Yeah. I'm a big Dr. Joe Dispenza fan. I love him. And I actually am going to a, a week-long advanced retreat it's in October. I'm so excited. I just got in a couple of days ago. I did the online progressive retreat over the past few months because they weren't doing any in person and I'd read a couple of his books and thought it was really good but his meditations are really powerful and I am super excited so you're in person oh wow yeah I am okay so when are you going October and we need to speak after October once you've been because I need to know everything and you'll be reeling for days weeks years after that oh he is amazing and I just feel like that everything that he talks about is what I was already somebody told me about him a few years ago because the stuff I was talking about was very they're like is this all from Joe Dispenza and I'm like no but let me read one of his books and yeah I love that breaking the habit of being yourself because habits I mean I've done lots of workshops on habits and most of our lives are ruled by habits Mm. That's why quarantine was so hard because we didn't have all of our cushy little habits that we were so accustomed to even changing one thing like where you live or, you know, having a a roommate or obviously, you know, even changing one little thing, eliminating something from your diet or, you know, I have a friend who's now, uh, I think a few months stopping smoking. It's like it, it disrupts your patterns because you look to that, even though she's got like more time now, you know, she's not going outside (laughs) and having to take time away in order to do that. And she has more energy, but yeah, I mean, just one little habit. So if we can get a hold of how much habits have a hold of us and I love James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. That's I've always had good habits, but that one is what I use to teach just because there's like, it, it's so easy to, if you want to start meditating, you don't have to do it for 20 minutes. Just start the habit yes. of like a minute or three minutes or whatever you can handle. And then you can go from there. You can add on. Yeah. No, it's a very, it's a, that's a, one of the absolute it's it's a a modern classic um I mean I think for me Atomic Habits is definitely one but for uh, the Joe Dispenza book and you're currently sitting on top of Joe Dispenza just so you know underneath because otherwise you get all my chins when I 
Beyonce is sitting on, on becoming su- supernatural. <laughs> I read that one too. It's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I am, I love all of that. The, um, uh, that very clear making the science of meditation ineffable, right? Mm. You cannot doubt it. It is just fact. And you know, everybody who's listening to this, hopefully, you know, meditates because this is a meditation podcast. You know, <laughs> most of my podcasts are meditations, guided meditations, but all with the aim of starting you off on your journey um, to having your own meditation practice, you know, giving you lots of different ways of meditating um, so that it can become a habit that is going to change your life. And you are embodiment of that, that meditation can change your life. It's an extraordinary story, Sarah. It really is. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm, I feel blessed just to be in a body and to be able to experience. I mean, we, we're so lucky that we wake up every day. I start every day with gratitude and it has that has changed my life. I started that two and a half years ago and it has really helped do you, me. Do you journal your gratitude or do you um, just think about it? Oh, it's a note on my phone and I have gratitude partners. So I have, I started with my brother. I, I had done it for a few days back in February of 2020, right before quarantine. And I told my brother what I was doing. I think I sent it to him. I texted it to him. And he said, this is a great idea. And I said, let's make a pact. Let's be gratitude partners. We'll do five things. And then I started sending it to other people. And somebody challenged me to 10 things and 10 people. So now it's not exactly, it's probably on average 10 or 12 things, but I've added affirmations to it as well. And I have probably 10 or 12 depending on who's actually, you know, sometimes I'll send it to somebody because they might be on it or it might be relevant. And they'll say, what is this? And they say, I want to do this. And so I have some who will come on as my gratitude partner and then they fall off. But, um, you know, my my brother and his partner and I have a very good friend and another friend of ours, we're in a, a little triad and we all send around our gratitude list. So usually I'm up in the fours and fives, but if I do sleep in, a lot of times I wake up and I have other people's lists of gratitude in my inbox, in my text message box. Wow. And it's just, it's so beautiful and powerful. And it's such a practice that allows me to continue to be grateful, even on the days when it's hard, when I'm going through something, then I, I see that other people have things. I mean, there's so many things to be grateful for. And it's our human biology that is looking for problems, that's scanning to keep us safe. Yeah, of course. And so if now we're, we're really not running from jaguars or invading tribes people, it's, it's traffic and their spouse and work and whatever. So if we can look for the good and see that glasses, it doesn't even have to be half full. The glass is refillable. just be grateful for having a glass shall we there we go exactly yeah Yeah. with you yeah no that is it is the most powerful it is the most powerful thing gratitude um you know for me my practice is 
finding something that I'm grateful for, you know, the fact that the sun has been shining here, I mean, it's unusual, but then the, the joy that that brings, the love that surrounds it, whatever it is, whatever it is you're grateful for, for me, I always try and find the love and the, and the joy that surrounds that. So it's, it's like a little triad. It starts off with the joy, sorry, with the gratitude. Um, you know, the other day I did, I think I did a TikTok where I was just walking through, you know, walking my dog and I was walking through a field and it was a beautiful day. And I was just like, right, let's do a gratitude practice. So I was just like, let's feel into gratitude. And then I looked around, what am I grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for all this food that's growing right here and how much joy that brings me because I love my food. <laughs> like there's always a way of finding yeah. whatever it is even if it's just that I'm grateful that I woke up I'm grateful that the blooming sun came up I'm grateful that I've got a phone I'm grateful that I've got electricity you know I'm grateful to be talking to you gorgeous Sarah so yeah same here <laughs> I feel like we're kindred spirits for sure <laughs> well listen we've been on for nearly an hour now so I'm gonna let you let you go off and live your beautiful life in Florida and, um, but please, will you promise me that you'll be in touch after you've spent a week with Dr. Joe Dispenza and spill, Absolutely. spill the yes. tea, please. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but it was gorgeous to meet you. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. me today, Sarah. Such a pleasure. Many blessings to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.